0: Welcome to Tech, the show and podcast focusing on the latest trends in supply chain, procurement, and logistic technology. My name is Max Henry from the Global Supply Chain Council, and together with my co-host and special guest, we explore the personalities, startups, innovators, and industry players driving disruption in supply chain, from early stage to unicorns, and from cutting-edge technology the people using it to help drive more innovative, agile and resilient supply chain around the world. This is Tech. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Chantech. I'm your host Max Henry from the Global Supply Chain Council. And I'm joined today with my co-host, uh, Sandeep Chatterjee. Hi, Sandeep.
1: Oh, hi. Hi, Max. Hi, Ben. It's good to be here. So, my name is Sandeep. Uh, I work with Deloitte primarily in the supply chain domain. And I'm looking forward to a great interaction. Thanks again for uh, joining us uh, for this uh, new
0: episode of the show as we continue to host some of the most interesting Chantech founders and discuss the rapid rise of supply chain, logistic and procurement technology across the APAC region. As we jump into this conversation, I want to make sure again that you're aware of the Chantech platform that we recently launched. Uh, you can visit it at Chentech.net. and you can also find all the previous episodes of our show at Chentech.show. So today we're very pleased to have uh, Ben Thompson, who's a, a co-founder of Incodoc, uh, Incodocs Training. So hi, Ben, how are you? Hi, Max, I'm great. Thanks for joining. Thanks for inviting me on your platform. Okay, so maybe we'll get started with just, you know, the introduction questions. Maybe uh, tell us where, you know, who you are, uh, where you're based, and, you know, maybe uh, give us a bit of background about yourself here.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I'm based in, in Brisbane in Australia. Uh, our team at Docs is, uh, mainly Brisbane based and, uh, yeah, I've been involved in, uh, the import export industry, uh, since 2009. So that's when I began my career, uh, working for a trading company. So yeah, we used to, uh, buy and sell building materials from factories throughout Asia and ship them into, uh, Papua New Guinea and the Pacific Islands countries. So, I've uh, been in the industry for quite a while and, and learned a lot, and, and uh, it's been quite fun.
0: So, what motivated you to start uh, your company, Docs?
2: So, uh, when I began in the industry, I, I worked for a trading company for quite a few years and, and learned the processes and understood, you know, global trade and the import export process. And uh, from there, uh, my business partner and I, Brandon and I, we started our own trading company. So, uh, you know, we were buying and selling products and, and running that. And it was actually through, you know, uh, the the own problems that we were having within running our own operations, all of the problems that we were having with, uh, you know, shipping documentation and, and suppliers, you know, messing around with Word and Excel templates that would, you know, had missing information or, or not be correct and it was causing problems within our own business. And, uh, you know, we thought, you know, we're always on the lookout for a better way to do things. we thought there must be a better way uh, to do this. And, and that's when we started uh, working on IncoDocs. Okay. In, in one sentence. Uh, so what is IncoDocs doing exactly? So, uh, IncoDocs, it's a uh, cloud-based software that, uh, streamlines the sales and export documentation process for exporters when they're shipping goods overseas
0: okay and what what kind of specific problem are you
2: solving with your solution right now so uh there's many different problems that are caused by bad documentation um you know documentation is is one of the key uh parts of the import export process you know all of that information must be passed from party to party along the supply chain all of that data and information is being passed through you know paper-based documents or pdf documents so it's a critical piece uh, to make sure that shipment moves from one location to another without problems and delays and incodocs is you know solving that problem by making a very very easy user interface, a very easy way to input that information, a very easy way to generate those documents that are in the right format the first time, you know, to avoid having any problems, fines, delays and misshipments and things like that. So uh, you are solving
1: a problem, I understand. But uh, again, there are a lot of other companies which will offer a similar, because it's a cloud-based software, right? So what, how do you differentiate? Like, what are your key differentiators? And uh, in terms of what is, what has the competition been doing uh, for this?
2: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we do have competition, which is, uh, predominantly, uh, there are some older based, uh, PC based, uh, software documentation solutions, which were created, uh, you know, uh, quite a long time ago with older technology. So. Some of those systems are, you know, a little bit harder to use, um, you know, to learn to use quickly. Um, some of them are not cloud based. Um, and you know, they're, they're primarily designed for larger enterprise type shippers, you know, so to so Inco docs, um, it's been very much designed where, uh, people can land on our website and, and they can create a free trial instantly. They can get started straight away. And that's a very unique part of the process where, there's no uh, heavy, long sales process involved. Um, it gives the user uh, a chance to get in there, create some documents, test the system, and, and see how it can actually help their business.
1: And is there any specific reason that you are targeting small and medium businesses and not the big ones?
2: Well, I guess, uh, you know, in the beginning, when you when you build uh, out solutions and software, um, enterprise solutions... The, you know, they they can be quite complex and and have a lot of functionality, a lot of features, and take a lot of time and money to actually replicate all of that functionality. Um, there were some players in that space in in the smaller, medium-sized uh, shippers space. There was there was no real good instant solution for that market. Um, so that you know, when we decided to build the solutions for for documentation with the new technology, um, you know it, there was there was very little competition in that space, and and those companies, uh, you know, they're not using big ERP systems, or they might not even be able to afford the big ERP system. So um, naturally, it was you know a good fit for that that type of company.
0: Would you sell to uh, Ben? Uh, what kind of companies are, are you know buying your solutions right now?
2: Uh, so it, it is very broad uh, where they're located and and customers are in many different industries so as I said the main focus is uh, small and medium enterprise where inco docs is a very good fit for them uh, they don't have other expensive systems uh, they're able to adopt it very quickly and easily um, our, our customers there it's very broad we've got customers in over 100 countries so you know we do get uh customers reach out looking for solutions uh, in developing markets, you know, throughout, you know, places like India, Asia, Africa, and but all the way through to, you know, the Western markets like, you know, the USA, Canada and Europe and, and Australasia. So it it is, we've designed the software that it's, uh, you know, the templates for global trade, you know, um, it's quite a, you know, there should be a defined format to include, the fields that are required for trade so we've designed our software that can be used by uh you know these these companies in any country they can be shipping many different types of products shipping too many different types of countries so um you know it's it's very universal in that sense yeah
0: so with your platform are you trying to also to standardize those documents because obviously you know different countries have different practice and different suppliers also might have different set of documents and or a requirement around those documents are you are you trying to kind of standardize a provider framework uh for those companies to deal internationally
2: yeah so there's uh yeah the current processes uh you know depending on what products are being shipped from which country to which country and what documents are involved it's there's there's very much a lack of a process or a lack of a format or a lack of a you know a, a system that that unifies everything so so what we've done we've put a lot of focus on um, in our in our solution we provide uh, templates that are that are aligned as closely as we can to uh, UNLK recommendations for global trade documentation they have a uh, recommendation of the format and the fields that should be required on different types of shipping documentation. So uh, in our, in our platform, we provide, you know, dozens of these standard templates, which shippers can easily complete and use. Um, But on top of that um, in the early days, you know, we did find that, you know, uh, people do want the flexibility. Um, You know, there are literally thousands of different use cases of, of companies in different industries, shipping, all sorts of different products to different countries. So they might have something a little bit different that they need to suit their actual company's process. So uh, what we did there is we put a lot of time and effort into engineering and building uh, features that will actually let the user to within uh, the system themselves, whilst they're creating a document, they can actually edit the layout so they can, edit the, the title, they can edit the fields, they can remove fields, they can insert columns, add their own letterhead. So they can customize these templates themselves to do much exactly what they need and uh, you know, create multiple variations of these templates or create the templates in different languages as well. So we've, we've made it really flexible um, to try to cover for as many use cases as possible.
1: Okay, uh, so localization is a very key feature because each country will have its own uh, rules, laws, though we are talking about global trade, but there is always a localization aspect. So how do you handle that? Because that's a key ask what we have seen all across the globe.
2: Yeah, so yeah, with, with different localizations, different countries involved, yes, they might have uh, different uh, you know documentations that are required for that specific product to that country. So uh, to handle that, we, we're, we're always adding new templates into our system. So, you know, we're very much uh, always talking to our customers, always talking to potential customers, always in the market finding out how things need to be done better and what needs to be added to the system. So we, for example, uh, for some recycled scrap shipments into India and other places, you know, uh, Form six and Form nine transboundary movement documents uh, are needed. so so we've we've added those into the system. so um, yeah it's 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 a continuous process of uh, understanding uh, what are the specific local requirements and and actually adding what we can into the system yeah.
0: And, and just to extend on that question from Sandy, but, you know, do you find some market which is too difficult to handle? I mean, those local requirements are too tedious. And you decide, okay, we're not going to touch this market because when it comes to documentation, it's just too difficult.
2: Um, I think that uh, one, one part of the the uh, process, uh, the shipping documentation process, one part is um, the exporter being able to create the documentation and, and enter their information into a, a template to be passed on to another party, right, to create that shipping document. Um Another part to that process, uh, which is very much localized, is that some some shippers, some of these exporters, they might need to be able to integrate and connect with the local government's systems, right? They might, want, they might need to uh, automatically generate an export declaration number or connect to a government's phytosanitary system um, or, or connect to, you know, the port's, uh, Receivable system. So uh, depending on, you know, that uh, there's thousands of uh, different use cases for, for different exporters and their requirements. Some of the larger companies, they, they will require two or three integrations with their local, uh, you know, local systems or government um, processes to, to make that work. Um, yeah. to, to do that everywhere in every country all around the world is uh, obviously a massive, massive job and as part of the problem, actually. So, you know, we, we can't do everything. We can't integrate with everything. Um, but uh, a big part of solving that problem, what we're focused on is actually uh, the key we believe here is is allowing our users, our shippers, once they use IncoDocs, you know, you're able to get your, your shipment data, your order and shipment data into a structured format. You know, in the past, uh, using Word, Excel, or other systems, or PDFs, that data, it's very much locked in, and, and it, can't, it can't be used properly. It's not structured data. So uh, using IncoDocs, they can, you know, complete their shipment information in a structured format, and then be able to actually use that information to, to do whatever needs to be done. So a, bit, a big part of that is that, you know, we've released our, our API documentation, so uh that we want to make it as easy and as seamless as possible for um these companies to, to build integrations into any other system that they need, right? Because, um, you know, global trade, it's a, it's a very, very big beast with so many different moving parts, 30 to 40 different parties for, you know, one particular supply chain shipment. They all need to receive that information and that data. So, it's yeah. actually the biggest problem in the industry and uh we're, we're trying to solve that through making it a, the connectivity as easy as possible yeah
1: and uh, in terms of incodocs uh, do you only provide this documentation or you're also providing some value added services as well
2: um well for now you know very, very much we have been focused on you know creating uh the most easy to use documentation tool right so um there are so many different uh, possibilities um down the track and so many different things that can be done with that um but one thing that we have found along our journey uh is that you know uh in global trade that there, there are so many different problems to solve you know yeah. there are problems everywhere from from first mile through to shipping through to last mile there is just problems everywhere data connection issues everywhere things that can be really streamlined and and we we cannot solve it all we cannot solve it all not one company can solve it all and one thing that we realized very early on is that the industry it, it very much needs uh you know these companies these software companies uh to work together everybody needs to work together they might be the specialists in their own area solving a particular problem for trucking or for port services or for shipping or for documentation like ourselves. Um, But if uh, they need to work together to actually make it work, if, if they, if we were to try and solve too many problems uh, in the beginning, you know, we would actually get nothing done and, and would not be successful or would not solve a problem properly. So, so up until now, we, we've had a, you know, a very strong focus in on that. We, we are the documentation specialist. We want to be the world's best documentation tool. Um, and along with that, we've, we've put so many years of hard work into um, making the user interface and the user experience as seamless as possible, right? Yeah. Um, it's one thing to, to build a software solution that might be the best software solution in the world, but if, if it's too hard to use or the change management or the onboarding process is just, it's just too much friction and then people can't work it out. You're going to have problem onboarding people or getting customers. So your yeah. um, very big focus of ours has been to, to make the user interface as seamless as possible. I mean, we have, you know, uh, users in countries all over the world that can land on our website, they can sign up to our product, can start creating documents straight away with with no training involved. So like, I believe that um, you know, okay. adoption is key and it needs to be very easy to use. Uh,
0: ben, do you compete with companies like JT Nexus or uh, One Network, for example?
2: Are those, do you
0: consider them as competitors?
2: Uh, which Which ones are they? Sir?
0: Infor, JT uh, Nexus, uh, or One Network, which is another company from the US, yeah?
2: No, no, I, I don't believe so, no. I, I, um you know, we've we've got some competitors which have. Um, what, what you? Would
0: know, you would you call your competitors? Which which companies uh, do you think are direct competitors to to IncoDocs right now?
2: Yeah, so I think uh, so. There's uh, competitors such as uh, in the US. There's a company uh, Shipping Solutions. That's one of them. They they provided uh, you know documentation uh, solution for for companies. I think mainly in the USA for quite a long time. Um, i i believe that maybe they're targeting...
1: vortex was there right
2: which one vortex Vo- vortex vortex used to be there vortex okay yeah now there's yeah. there's quite a, there's quite a few over time as i said it's um you know documentation's always been a problem for for yeah. years and and there's there's uh companies there that have been providing good solutions but we've found they've been mainly for for the top end of town they'd be mainly for enterprise you right. the the barrier to entry has just been too high so, um, you know, uh, another one to mention, I guess, is uh, ESS stocks. I think you know they're based in Europe. Um, they do they do a lot of uh, documentation solutions and bill of lading solutions for for large enterprise, right? But if if you're if you're a small or medium sized uh, exporter, you know it's it's probably not um, you know not re- attainable for you to use their use their software. Yeah.
0: How do you how how do you currently market your solutions and get your customers?
2: Yeah. So we, we've put uh, a lot of effort into providing a lot of useful uh, content online. So, you know, uh, the whole import export industry, you know, from, from start to finish, it's, it's very much, you know, uh, can be a black box of information, right? There's, there's all of these problems and, and I believe not a lot of good resources online for people to find, prob- find solutions to their problems, right? They, they want to ship more or they want to import or they want to export and there's just so much to learn. So, so we've, uh, put a lot of effort into creating, uh, you know, different blogs articles, which might detail a problem solution in that particular space. We've, uh, created, uh, some, some explainer type videos and other types of videos on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. So, um, we've also, um, you know, interviewed industry experts in different uh, different parts along the supply chain to to find out what they're doing and, and how their solution can help others. So, I think you know, uh, content creation and and providing valuable content ha- has worked very well for us to so, yeah, uh, get inbound customers. A lot
0: of content marketing, but you you go beyond that. You actually. Uh, find database of importers or exporters and try to contact them uh by email or you know do uh, additional outreach to them directly
2: uh not really no with um, the vast majority of our of our customers and people our will find you is, people is, will actually find is, you is inbound through content marketing yeah, yeah. we okay. uh, uh you know I wish i had teams of people that could do outbound and you know that might might come soon but uh for now uh it's worked very well for us for the content inbound marketing yeah okay
1: i guess you have customers all across the globe right uh, just not confined to australia right
2: yeah correct yeah yeah it's it's quite broad yeah you know there's the people people in so many different countries you know the we find you know um some, everybody's different, but there's people that are with doing their process, you know, they might keep in the back of their mind. It's like, how can I do this better? You know, like, um, I'm frustrated. This is taking me too long. I've had too many problems or it's cost me money with problems. So, you know, they, they start thinking, they start searching online, they go to Google, they go to YouTube, they go to these places to, to find the solution to their problem. And, and, and it works really well. Yeah. So, many countries, developing markets, uh, Western countries, people looking for solutions all over, yeah.
1: And uh, I guess it's English is uh, a language, and uh, there are certain countries which actually want uh, content in the local language. Do you have any plans to do that, or do you want to stick to only English uh, as a language?
2: Uh, so, yeah, English is, is, the, is obviously the dominant one, but there are... Uh, you know, requests for localization, you're right. So um, we do have uh, actually some functionality and features within our software which can help with that. So, um, for example, I mentioned earlier our users, they can, you know, modify and create their own templates. They can create their own templates in another language and save a French version of a packing list, uh, Italian version, Portuguese, you know, whatever that that is working now within our application, and and some of our customers find that very very helpful. Um, and another advantage uh, with that is that you know um, the tools online, uh, which which can translate it in your browser, are very very helpful, right? You know, Google Translate. This is this is cloud software. This is web based. This is new technology. So these tools and add-ons can uh, instantly convert. You know the the UI UX from English into you know uh, Chinese or, or any other language, and therefore the user can follow it, and they can also create their documents and fill them fill out their documents in another language. So it's it's you know it won't cover one hundred percent of use cases, but it's definitely uh, very flexible in that case. Yeah, uh,
0: Ben, what has been the impact of the pandemic on your business in the last two years? The main sorry. What has been the impact of a pandemic, uh, you know, on your business?
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, yeah been interesting times, hasn't it? The past uh, yeah. two and a bit years. So uh, you know, I think thinking back to uh, you know early 2020, um, you know, it was it was very confusing time. You know, when when all of the lockdowns happened and international travel was restricted and people couldn't move and uh, people couldn't come into the office. It was, uh, you know, a very stressful time for a lot of people. They didn't know what was going to happen. They were losing money. They, they, and, and, uh, the biggest change obviously is that, uh, you know, people were for the first time actually forced to work from home. So, and that was, I think a massive wake up call for a lot of companies, a lot of Customers, we we did see um, a lot more companies actively reaching out than needing to find better solutions, needing to upgrade their systems. You know, if they if they had uh, you know servers running in their office, which uh, you know all the workers literally had to be in the office to get their job done, um, that that wasn't workable anymore. That wasn't acceptable. Um, you know, and you know these these people, they probably you know knew the restrictions of their existing processes but you know maybe kept putting it off um and it just really forced their hands so you know we did see a lot of companies reach out needing that that cloud based software right it's very very powerful um you know allows you to work remotely from home from office hybrid uh, while traveling it can connect global teams together in different countries to a shared workspace it it really, really increases the, the connectivity and visibility of a business. So, um, you know, those people are reaching out and uh, yeah, it, it helped us. So, you know, people... So, so you've
0: seen an increase of revenue as a result of the pandemic with your own solutions?
2: Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm.
0: And what are, the, you know, what are the things that you learned from the pandemic as a result? You know, I mean, uh, you know, moving forward, what were the things that you are... You're getting ready for.
2: Um, so, you know, from uh, it's it's been a while now, you know. So it's been probably two years, and uh, I think it's it's uh, over that time. It's really changed everybody's mindset. Um, we're seeing um, companies that they they have to implement uh, or offer a hybrid approach to their workforce. Um, you know, people do want the flexibility of working from home and in the office. So people are a lot more open is, you know, one thing I've learned. Um, people, um, they, they, they're they more willing to adopt new tools or or question their current process and go out and search for something online. Yeah. Like it's, it's definitely changed their mindset on uh, not changing, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, people more open to that. And, uh, also it's, uh, it's made it a lot easier to, uh, to, to connect and communicate with people all over the world. Right. Like, uh, the start of the the pandemic, you know, if you try to hop on a zoom call, uh, it, it was still quite clunky and difficult and people needed to understand what to do or do I need to download software or get a camera or it was just scary, but now you know i'm still talking to customers every day and it doesn't matter what country i call through to or try to line up a zoom call with that they're, they're on the other end and they're connected and it's business as usual so it's actually uh really helped a lot in that way yeah
1: sure now uh, let me ask you a question about your company again if you think it's confidential you can choose not to answer so uh tell us something about the team how many employees do you have uh, how many software developers or of, of course Again, whatever is not confidential, you can just go
2: ahead and share. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, our team, uh, you know, we're currently a team of five. Um, there's myself and my co-founder, Brandon. Um, we are the only two where we're non-technical. So we're not technical. Um, and we don't do the engineering, but the other team members, the three of them, we've got, uh, you know, uh, backend engineers, which, uh, you know, focus on you know, engineering and building the databases and, and the connectivity and the features and the functions. Um, and we've got a, a really good um, front-end designer who, who is also a specialist in, uh, you know, the user interface and user experience, which is um, just completely invaluable, as I mentioned before. You know, like... Uh, you, it doesn't matter what software you're building if it's not easy to use you'll have trouble trying to uh sell it so yeah. you know that has been a, a very big focus of ours for years to just continually improve it improve it improve it um and the only way to do that is to keep talking to your customers you know um how can it be better where do you get stuck what do you need you know uh so it's it's a continual process that uh I, th- I think we make quite we make quite a lot of progress as a small team, which yeah. is good. So um, you know, there's there's those short feedback loops. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you're talking to the customer, you're getting feedback, and you're condensing that information and, and designing out a new feature and then engineering it. It's not mm-hmm. a big long three to six month process. It has to be very very short feedback loops to to deliver value.
1: And any software typically will have some bugs. It's always there. It's nothing. Um, but in case there's something is reported, is it the same team which handles it, or how do you go about it?
2: Um, yeah, well, it's it's it changes over time, right? So you know, in the very early days of creating uh, software, uh, you know, if you're creating something from scratch, um, the first versions of your software, uh, there's an old saying that if 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 you're not embarrassed by what you've released, well, then you've, uh, you've left it too late. (laughs) So uh, I'm a firm believer. The only way to build software that is valuable is to, you've got to, you've got to get people using it. You've got, and in the early days, you you nearly have to beg them to do you a favor to use it to, because it it is that bad, right? It's terrible. So um, in those early days, you know, nothing's stable, you know, something might break or, the whole page might not load or the server might crash or whatever, right? There's those teething problems in the early days. Um, but, you know, as you obviously get further along and, and, and build better, um, better software, better features, more reliable mm-hmm. services, et cetera, et cetera, it just becomes less and less, right? So, you know, there will be, obviously you get to a stage where people pay you money for your software, which is, uh, you know, obviously validation. If people aren't paying you money for your software, you haven't really validated anything. Um, if they reaching into your wallet and give you money, you've validated it. But then, they they start they actually start using it. So when 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 something breaks or something goes wrong, um, you're going to hear about it very quickly, right? So that businesses rely on it. So um, it has to be reliable. So you know, it's a gradual shift, you know, through to processes now you know um we have you know systems in place which automatically monitor these things um you know you can uh, monitor services and features and stuff like that to see if there are problems and, and get instant notifications right um and most of them are only minor and they can be fixed up quite easily so um yeah you've got to be on top of that to make sure that uh it, it's reliable at the end of the day for your customers
1: and in terms of, again, your funding, are you bootstrapped or you have VCs investing
2: or what is your funding stage, may I ask? So uh, our funding round, we we raised a pre-seed funding round uh, about three years ago of $1.2 million. Um, actually, uh, Maersk uh, reached out to us and, uh, you know, wanted to learn a bit more about what we were working on at that time. Uh, Prior to that, um we we were bootstrapped in the beginning and and we actually um got it accepted into an accelerator program uh in Brisbane, which gave us the early days support and knowledge and help, you know, needed to to move forward in the software industry. Um and, you know, uh, after that, you know, we kept developing the software and mass reached out wanted to learn more and um yeah, we ended up sort of, uh, closing our, our fundraising round to, to, you know, to get, to get more and more resources that we needed, uh, to, to build a better product. Yeah.
0: Are you raising another round?
2: Uh, like we are open to it. Yeah. Like, okay. uh, we've, we've, uh, there's, there's this different directions. You, I guess you can decide to go with, um, you know, uh, software companies, uh, it, I think it all depends on, you know, um, do, do some people want to go growth at all costs, right? And and nothing else matters and just grow, grow, grow. But that obviously costs a lot of money. And these businesses they plan to burn money and not make money for years and years and years and actually rely on venture capital money, the money to to stay around, right? Um yeah. And. As we've seen lately, you know, especially the the markets in general, are, you know, drying up and um, funding is is just not uh, what it was, and it's, it's it's a bit of a reset going on. And uh, so we've we've had quite a strong focus for a while now to um, to build a solid business model to to get paid and grow our revenue and stand on our own two feet. So um, that's where we're at, which I'm, I'm glad we're uh, we focused on that for a while. It, it is difficult to, um, to do it. But as I said, if uh, validation comes through people paying you money, if they, if they pay you more money, then you've built better software. So if, if we've kept focusing on that and we're standing on our own two feet, but you know, we could continue to, uh, you know, do what we're doing, or we might also open to looking at, well, you know, if there is the right investor, um, that, you know, would understands what we want to do and, and aligns with our objectives well you know we could raise money to to okay. further bear that yeah
0: so you, you could continue operating without raising and, and you would be okay right
2: yeah absolutely yeah. yeah yeah okay
0: what is your biggest challenge right now in your current uh, stage with your company what keeps you awake at night or give you the biggest headache
2: uh, a few challenges. Uh, it's, 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 it's fun running Just pick, a, just
0: a, pick one. Just pick, <laughs> the, the biggest one.
2: Pick one, pick one. Um, I think at the moment, uh, it's, it's managing so many different time zones. It's, it's very difficult. Um, we do have people, um, that handle, uh, inbound, you know, new users and, 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 the deals in America and Europe and also in India. Right. So that helps with those time zones, but, um, it's just so broad, you know, there's obviously 24 hours in a day and, you know, it's often early mornings and late nights for for different people. So yeah, if, uh, if everybody was in the same time zone, it'd be a lot easier. (laughs)
0: And uh, you know what kind of strategy do you have long term? Do you are, you are you planning to exit and sell it to a big player? Uh, I mean, it could be a, a free player like Merck, or it could be a bigger software company. What what are you looking at?
2: Yeah, so uh, you know, I guess we're we're open to options, right? You know, we we're not um, actively planning on you know acquisition or M and A or anything like that. But of course, if if it makes sense to somebody where, where they see value and, and it makes sense to both parties, um, we're open for that. So, um, one of our focuses is, uh, you know, to the future is to, um, build out that connectivity component that I was talking about with, um, the integration ability, right? That's, that's a, a
0: that's very, key. very
2: that's key. Yeah. That's the key, right? We've, we've, spent a lot of time and effort uh, building out a very easy to use documentation solution. So the next step is, uh, you know, as naturally flows into how do we empower our users to unlock the power of that data to connect to other systems. And that can be logistics systems, but that can be sales managements and CRMs and ERPs and whatever it is. There's just so much there. So moving along. Um, yeah. We want to connect uh, the data along the supply chain. Yeah.
1: Okay, uh any other personal front? Uh, what are your goals in life? What do you want to do in life? Oh, it's,
2: uh it's
1: <laughs> a... big goal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's
2: a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um you know, it's just uh I, I think solve real problems, right? That's 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 what I enjoy doing. Um you know, since since early on, I don't know, I've always been been wired to uh creating an efficient way to do something. So I, I like solving real problems, um, problems that are impactful, problems that do, you know, need to be solved. So, um, you know, uh, the supply chain is obviously uh, a very big one to attack. So that's naturally where, where I've headed. Um, I'll probably be there for a while, but after that, you know, um, I'm not sure, but it, it, I'll definitely always be solving problems, uh, uh, you know, and having the, the flexibility to, to travel whilst doing that as well. You know, that's probably the goal. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, I've got some
0: quick questions for you. Uh, those are five questions uh, that yeah. I need you to answer uh, very quickly, Ben. Uh, so let me, let me go through them. Uh, cats or dogs? Uh, dogs. Window or aisle? Uh, window. Favorite action movie? Oh, uh, actually, maybe, I think
2: 007.
0: What is your favorite
2: sandwich? <laughs> Isn't it? Oh, there we go. I, I've got one right.
0: <laughs> okay. What's, what's your favorite sandwich?
2: Ah, uh, sandwich, uh, pork, pork
0: sandwich. What's you, uh, what's the most used app on your phone?
2: Oh, most used app on my phone. Oh, that would have to be Slack or email, I think.
0: <laughs> okay. What's your favorite tool to build your company right
2: now? Favorite tool. Uh, I really like Notion. Notion is a very flexible way to manage a lot of different tasks, yeah.
0: Okay. And, and just to and to close again on what Sandy was asking you, describe the rest of your life in just a few words.
2: Uh, it would be fast and fun.
0: Okay. All right. That sounds great. All right. Thank you very much, Ben. Thanks, Sandeep, for co-hosting again uh, today's episode. Okay. This was, again, Ben Thompson from IncoDocs. I want to thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us today and for listening to this episode. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Sandeep. Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks, Max. Thanks, Sandeep.
0: Appreciate it. Thank you.